Hello and welcome to the Unmatched Unmatched Podcast? (laughs) Unmatched Podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Susanna. This is it. Yeah, you always do this thing. You see, we haven't been recording in a long time and I already forgot. Okay, let's do it again. Can we start again? Let's start again. Let's start again. It's been like six days, but all right. Okay. Hi, my name is Brian. And my name is Susanna. And this is the Unmatched Podcast. Podcasts are about love, relationships, and how to not get unmatched. Well done. We did it. Congratulations. Great. Well done. <laughs> that was really good. Um, how are you today, this week? I'm great. Very good. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, enjoying getting feedback about the podcast as well. Yeah. Because we've released our first four episodes. Uh uh, you mean first five episodes at time of recording? <laughs> yes. This is episode six. Okay. Maybe not chronologically in recording style, but in release style, yes. Episode six. Yes. Last week we had James Deegan on. Yeah. Actor, singer, extraordinaire. Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah. You do? That was an interesting episode. Wasn't it? If you... What did he say in the episode that was really interesting? Well, he said a lot of things about love oh. that really inspired me. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in this episode, episode six, we're going to be talking about, drumroll please. Attachment styles. Attachment styles. So, I think it's a very hot topic. <coughs> it is. I think it's one of those topics that I will openly admit, um, a bit like love languages, but a lot nearer to me. Um, someone only mentioned this to me in November of 2022. And it is currently January of 2023. Um, and I was the first I'd ever heard of it. And I ended up listening to a book about it because I was like Ooh. curious. And also, you know, you kind of do anything when you're... <laughs> the things men do um, for love. And I was just curious anyway about it. But I did the test. I can't remember what I was. So we're going to go through it. But um, it, it is a similar kind of concept to, to love languages, as it's you have explained to me. It's not similar at all. Well, no, but like the idea of like... I mean, the only similar thing that is in kind of a psychological idea and it relates to relationships. These are the, where the similarities end, I think. Okay. It's not the same. So basically the idea is that everyone has an attachment style, mm-hmm. attachment to other people that yes. kind of stems from your childhood. And this is how you sort of relate to people how you form relationships with people basically and how secure you are so i found a couple of different sort of um styles and divisions like some of them some of these uh websites and sources quote like seven but i think the four that i found are quite a good representation of different styles yes and we can go through them i will say the book that i listened to I remember absolutely nothing about like literally nothing I think it was just almost background noise to me and I just wanted wow. something to talk about with this girl uh, and I literally can't remember anything I think it just like the World Cup happened so a lot happened in between then you know and obviously I can only have a finite amount of knowledge in my brain and the knowledge that Lionel Messi is the goat outweighs this I'm a simple man Okay, so you listen to the book and you don't even remember... I remember the styles. What attachment style you have. No, I did the test. Well, no, actually, I was... I know, I think I was secure. Um, I did it twice. Yes, I did it twice. The first time I came up secure. And then I 
was like curious when I was because I was there for a walk when I did it. And when I got home, I was thinking about it, and I put myself into the mindset I'd been in a few <coughs> excuse me a few years ago when I was kind of in a very very different place uh, mentally and in, in myself, and it came up as like fearful, anxious or something, anxious, I can't remember, but it was the exact opposite to where I was when I did the test in November. Yeah, so I think that's the thing, that you don't need to necessarily have one attachment style your whole life. Okay. They change over over time, and if you go to therapy, or if you are with a partner that has a different style, your style can change as well, so yeah, you strike me as a secure person. Thanks. With a little bit of a anxious attached um, side to it. Yeah, I think I think I I'm very secure, but I think just maybe life events over the last few years have kind of made me a little bit more kind of. I think that's like a lot. It's not just about this. I think in a lot of things, I'm a bit kind of less maybe confident in it, less confident in myself. Maybe does do you think like being anxious in something in this is down to your own maybe confidence in yourself, self-esteem? Maybe, but just before we uh, go into it, let's just first talk about the different styles so our listeners know what we are talking about. Okay. Um, so going back to the beginning, <laughs> four attachment styles. Uh, obviously, the, the pinnacle is secure attachment style, where you basically, just not to bore all of you, but it comes from, you know, when you were a kid, you knew that your parents will be back whenever they were away, and you kind of, you don't mind, you don't cry, you're all good. Yeah. So that's sort of like the secure style that then goes to your uh, romantic relationships as just being really secure. Like, you just... You're not too obsessive, you're not too jealous, you're just kind of, you know that your partner is there and yeah. you have this relationship going on and you don't really have these like very um, dramatic emotional states about them, I would say. I might be wrong, but I, I think that's what secure attachment is. And the, the theory applies to all relationships, not just kind of romantic sexual no, relationships. No, all, all yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it stems from, I understand, from childhood and kind of your first relationships with your parents apparently. okay but this doesn't really make sense that then it, during life it can change but doesn't matter let's just discuss later then um there there is the anxious attached here it's called preoccupied but that's like the the anxious anxiously attached is a person that would be always worrying about the other person abandoning them mm -hmm. so they would always have this feeling that if they do something wrong that their partner would just leave, um, or their friend, or whoever. So they're constantly trying to engage in contact, and they're constantly trying to be affirmed by the partner. They're constantly basically seeking this approval from them. And, um, and I think this one is when you, as a kid, you just felt like you need to perform a lot for your parents, and like you, there was like this risk that they would leave you, so you yeah. need to make the best version of yourself. All the time. So that's the anxious. And then we have two sort of avoidant types, which are quite interesting. So avoidant is you avoid attachment to a person, but for two different reasons. So there is dismissive avoidant and fearful avoidant. Okay. So dismissive is just they don't care. It's just they're very much absorbed in themselves. They're not able to form a relationship because... I mean, they, they are able to form a relationship, but it's not that close mm -hmm. because they're very independent, they're very self-reliant. I think they usually tend to have like a big ego and they just don't see 
like a very close-knit relationship necessary because they can do everything by themselves and then there's fearful so the same behavior but it's a more self-sabotaging one because avoiding um the other person stems from the fact that they're scared of losing them so they want to let's say ghost them or leave them before they get left basically so this is my introduction what do you did you think of it do you kind of know now what attachment styles are yeah to be honest i was sitting here i was thinking how are we going to find comedy in this because um, <laughs> this is one of the serious episodes yeah this is probably a bit more no, in the, like listen we want to give nuance and depth to what we're talking about otherwise i think this is uh, at risk of just being a complete piss take and then what's the point in listening to it um we're not experts on this subject by any stretch of the imagination we are just trying to ex- you know explore love and life as we live it and see if these things if we can find any meaning um in these uh, concepts that we talk about or if anyone listening finds anything in us so yeah this i think even oh maybe people have never heard of attachment theory um I mean, I hadn't until a few months ago, so um, I will say what we're going to do, uh, and I think I'm going to do it first, is is actually do the concept, or do the test. I mean, the test is really long. Maybe I'll just do it in the background and you just talk about your week or something. <laughs> no, it can't be that wrong. I, I can start it right now. Have it open. And it's really long, Brian. <laughs> well, I'm going to do it. I said I'd do it. Okay, fine. So Brian is going to do the test. Yes. And in the meantime, I'm going to say... a when i first heard about this okay it was in one of so i think the style can change and i first came across this concept where i was in one of my old relationships and i felt like i was anxiously attached in that particular relationship but then i read that book and i was just thinking about it and i think now i changed completely not because of that book but just my attachment style changed completely and now i would say um an avoidant fearful well okay. I'm, I'm curious as what i'm going to find out. this is not long at all when my partner is away i'm afraid that they might become interested in someone else false i feel comfortable depending on romantic partners now depending what do they mean by depending do we think that's like i'm dependent on them i feel comfortable depending on romantic partners does that mean that's depending has sometimes has has bad connotations about it? I'm gonna say true. I do feel I could depend on, on on someone. My independence is more important to me than my relationships. Uh, yes, I would say that because if you, I feel like if you're not independent in or have some form of independence in the relationship, then that's a problem. Okay. You know, I am generally satisfied with my romantic relationships. Yeah, sure, true, yeah. I think about my relationships a lot. Yeah, I will say that's true, yeah. Probably not. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I think that's an anxious attachment thing. But I just think about my relationships. Not in like a bad way, I just think about them a lot. Oh, okay, fine. Um, this probably isn't an exact sense. Anxious. Anxious. I find it difficult to depend on my romantic partners. False, because I just answered that previously in the other way. I have little difficulty expressing my needs and what my partner... And wants to my partner. See, a few years ago, I would have said... I had great difficulty because of the period of my life I was going through. But I would say now it's true. I, if I'm like feeling a certain way, I'm going to tell someone. I sometimes feel angry or annoyed with my partner without knowing why. Um, generally, that is false. Wow, I thought it was answer true to that. No, generally I'm, I'm quite 
um, I can apply it to this podcast. Do I get angry at you sometimes for no reason? Not for no reason. I don't get angry at you. Yes. Do you know, no, just you say something. Some Like, earlier on before we started this podcast, recording this, you turned to me and said, are you going to come to my birthday? And I said, oh yeah, when is it? And you went, in four months time. And I was like, uh, okay. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing in four months time, but probably. And you were like, it's May the whatever. And I was like, it's January. I don't know what I'm doing like next week. And then you were like, you're going to go on a date instead of coming to my birthday? And I was like, I, I, what are you talking about? I was like, just remind me like slightly before. God. When I disagree with someone, I feel comfortable expressing my opinions. Oh, yeah, probably, probably too much, to be honest. Um, I hate feeling I hate feeling that other people depend on me. No, I quite like that. You know, like, I like... You like that. I hate that. Do you? I don't like to know that the other person's well-being depends on me. Okay, so well-being, I think, is... is... See, they, I, this doesn't say I hate feeling that other people depend on me. So you're taking that as like their well-being depends on you. I would say that for me, it's more of a like, I I quite like being the person that, and I've done extensive therapy on this. Um, I quite like being the person that people can rely on to do things. Hmm. And I think over like lockdown, that changed for me. So when I was in, when I felt different it really affected me as a person because I was like, oh, people can't, you know, rely on me because I, I just felt helpless. You know, I was sitting at home doing nothing. And I was like, I can't really do anything for anyone. So that, quite serious there for a second. But I think that's that, uh, I would say that I, I quite like the idea of interesting helping people. Let's move on. Let's move on. If I notice that someone I'm interested in is checking out other people, it makes me feel depressed. Like, do you mean like, does that mean like checking out like some hot walks by? Yeah. And like, no. Generally, I would say no as well. Yeah, I'm not a jealous person. I don't have a jealousy um, emotion at all. Interesting. I've like, never been jealous. Of anything, ever? No, I mean, in a romantic context. Oh. <laughs> like, I've not been jealous. I, sometimes I'm jealous of, like, someone and someone's achievements. I'm like, oh, Yeah. They're doing really well for themselves. But not in a way that, okay... I'm dating someone and this person is like also interested in other people because I just think that's, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think there's a line. Yeah, maybe the, I told, I have no jealousy emotion in me. Yeah, but if I walked in on my partner, like sleeping with someone else, I'd be a bit like, hello. Ah! Hi. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. But if I generally was like walking past the cell and look at someone, I was like, well, I do the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, I would say with me and my ex would always point out, geez, he's very good looking. Or she's very good looking. But it's not in like a, I want to sleep with that person way. It's in like, Jesus, you can acknowledge beauty. Okay, move on. Yeah, okay. Uh, if I notice that someone I'm interested in is checking out other people, I don't let it bother me. I might feel it's a bit of temporary. It's the same temp- question. But no, it's slightly different. I might feel a bit of je- jealousy, but it's temporary. I don't feel jealousy, really. It doesn't really bother me. I'm, no, false. If I notice that someone I'm interested in is checking out other people, I feel relieved. It means they're not looking to make things exclusive. No, false. It's just... That's a very avoidant trait, I think. If my partner was to break up with me, I'd try my best to show them that what they're missing. <laughs> a little jealousy. Oh, so this is like a revenge dress situation. <laughs> I love doing this, personally. If I, I think more females tend to do that a little bit more. I do this a lot. I do this even if I'm not in a relationship with someone. I'm just... <laughs> like, wearing my revenge dress... 
and showing this is what you're missing out on. Um, you have a dress specifically for revenge. All my clothes are revenge clothes. Okay, um, I would say that I, <laughs> in in my heart of hearts, I would like this to be true. Um, in reality. I'm probably not very good at it. Okay. Um, but if my partner was to break up with me, I'd try and best show them. I, I'm going to say true, but in more of a, like, a. that's what I would aspire to do. If someone I've been dating begins to act cold and distance, I'll worry that I've done something wrong. They say true or false, but I think there's kind of nuance to that. I love that. That's the hottest thing. Is it? Oh, my God. It's the best. If somebody is getting cold, like, all of a sudden... You're just like, ooh, what happened? I don't know. Do you do this in, like, I'm the fine. rest of your life? Like, if I didn't talk to you now for, like, three weeks. I'm like, oh, brilliant. No, but not in that way. Yeah, no. I mean, not in that way, but it, would you be, like, make you want to talk to me more? Yes, probably. Oh. Okay. Yeah. As, everyone already probably guessed my attachments. I mean, I already said it, so. Did you? Yeah. I said when you were logging into the thing. Oh, yeah. I am avoidant. Fearful. Oh, okay. I'm a self-sabotaging type. If someone I've been dating begins to act cold and distance, I'll worry I've done something wrong. Uh, again, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not true. It's not false. It's probably like, I would I would ask, like, have I done something here? But then, I'd be like, no. I'd probably investigate it and be like, no, I haven't. But I'd probably, maybe my first instinct would yeah. be to check if I've done something wrong. So I'll say true, but probably not. If someone I've been dating for several months tells me they want to stop seeing me, I'd feel hurt at first, but I'd get over it. After several months. I've never been in that situation after several months that someone's turned around and said no. So I don't know. Um, but I'm going to say true. But I don't know in that scenario. Sometimes when I get what I want in a relationship, I'm not sure what I want anymore. Oh my god, that's so relatable. Explain. When I get what I want in a like a situation, I'm just like, okay, now what? Oh... So you're almost always chasing yes. something that maybe doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wasn't like that before. But I feel now, at this point of my life, me to turning almost 30, um, that's what I am. And your birthday party is coming up in four and a half months. I so. mean, if you're not coming to my birthday party, we're not going to <laughs> Again, I never said I wouldn't come. I just said, yeah, remind me like a few weeks before. Okay, let's and just not talk about that. Yeah, this is going to be our thing. Uh, sometimes when I get in a relationship, I, no, I would say false because I, I, I get into a relationship and I'm like, this makes things 10 times better. You know, sharing joy with someone makes things 10 times better. It's like a drug. Um, I won't have much of a problem staying in my... <laughs> Can you read it properly? I, I'm just laughing at it. I won't have much of a problem staying in touch with my ex. Strictly platonic, after all, we have a lot in common. No. <laughs> I'm going to answer... Fault. <laughs> and we're going to move on. What best describes your current relationship status? Uh, single. It's A, in a relationship, B, just dating someone, C, recent breakup. I don't think you fall under... Like, no, I'm saying D, anymore. single. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and D, single. What's your name? Uh, Brian. Brian. What's your email? See, these are the ones that you need to input. Yeah, but I don't mind doing that. I just, I want to get, I want to get what I'm... Secure. My attachment style is secure. See full results. 
it's $5.80 for the result. No, I'm good. I'm cool. Um, but yeah, so it says, uh, well, anyway, it says I'm secure. So. Okay, but you've not always been secure. No. You said that there was a time where you were anxiously attached. Yeah. What do you think changed? Uh, well, what changed to me, I suppose, was just like my personal circumstances. You know, we went into lockdown. I'd lost my job right before lockdown. Um, in a company that I loved working for, I made some great lifelong friends there. And we had our uh, Christmas party in 2019, December 2019. And uh, a few people who worked there on the Friday we had the party were really worried that, you know, the company, they were doing an audit of the company. And, and it was like, oh, will they, won't they? And I remember being outside talking to a few people who were worried. And I stood there and I was like, no, there's no way they'll bring us on a Christmas party on the Friday and let us go on the Monday. We'll be fine. Monday morning rolls around. Well, Sunday night rolled around and we got an email being like, you have a meeting tomorrow too. And I was like, oh, bollocks. And then they told us um, that Monday that we were uh, all being laid off. So I lost my job. I got a new job. And then lockdown happened. And then I just think there was also a lot of other stuff going on in my life that I just suddenly became... I was almost really communicative with those around me. I would always say if something was upsetting me or I'd always like say, look, oh, this is, I'm feeling in a certain way. I was always doing that. And I think just the circumstances that I found myself in uh, and then we're going into lockdown, I was like, there's so much going on here and we're in such an unknown uh, time that none of us had ever lived through before that I was like, no, I'm going to keep all of this in because I don't want to rock the boat any more than it currently is because we're all going through this ridiculous, incredible scenario. And uh, then that kind of just grew and changed like my mindset. I became really, really anxious, but I didn't want to express it. So when I did this test the second time back in November, I did try and answer it in the way that I feel like I would have in that period from maybe around February 2020 till yeah, but you're talking about like your general life, but how does it translate to your um, style in romantic relationships? Because you said that it changed from anxious, and you only mentioned like general. Yeah, but I think I'm trying, but but you know I, that it ultimately led to a breakdown of a relationship. But I think it was, it was. I just became maybe quite anxious, and maybe it's not really on the t- on the test that I wasn't good enough to be with that person that and I needed to to unconsciously push them away so that they would want so that they weren't I could free them as such mm. um, and I think that self-sabotage um, that's talked about there and you've said it a few times that's definitely I definitely relate to that, that and, and actually I remember one of my first therapy sessions that I went to she was like you've been self-sabotaging like I went through all this stuff that I've been doing and she was like yeah like one day, I, I the only time I ever opened up in, during that period and was like, oh no, something's, something's amiss. The very next day when it, we went to have a conversation about it, I was like, no, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But I planted the seeds of like, I'm not well. Um, and I think, yeah, I just, I just started to, to isolate myself really from, from those around me. Um, not just in a, like specifically in a, in a romantic relationship, but in a, in a wider context, I definitely did. And, and, I would argue, I would definitely implore anyone who finds himself in that situation to not do it because I, you know, sitting here today, 
massively regret it and that that happened um but it it it, it maybe when i did this test and tried to answer it like that it did kind of give me a a little bit of an insight i don't know if i really buy into this i think yeah i i would say that maybe i am quite secure um but i i don't know if i i generally i say i'm quite i'm quite secure in 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 myself and in the relationship but yeah, I feel you are quite secure. Yeah, I, at that time though, it was just so, so, so difficult for me. And especially then, I thought, I remember thinking towards the end of lockdown when we were coming out of lockdown and I'd moved here and the restrictions weren't as, as tough as, as back home in Ireland. And I do remember thinking, like, okay, maybe it's, it was just the lockdown. Maybe that's what it was. And once I come out, I'd like gotten a job and I'd moved to a new country and, you know, life seemed to be turning up but it didn't really change um and i kind of maybe wish i'd done this at the time and been like oh but this isn't who you are but i wasn't in a position to do that um and yeah now i've kind of been able to work myself back to being secure i i don't know when maybe that change really happened um and it, it's definitely it, it could also be like a pendulum um it's not i don't think it's it, i'm always going to be secure and i don't think i'm always going to be fearful maybe i'll have uh periods of my life where i'm a bit dismissive or i'm a bit preoccupied or, or whatnot but i was trying to think of i wonder when i worked my way back to being secure and i don't know really know when when that was but i'm, I'm glad i'm there God, this is the most serious I think I've been on this podcast, and and and. No, it's a it was a good, a good speech. And Thanks. I think, I think a lot of our listeners maybe can relate to what you're saying, especially you know with the anxious attachment style going to secure and what change in your life in that time. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people could relate to that. I'm going to make a small joke now, and it's not to undercut the seriousness of what I've said or what I've just said, but when you said, no, I think a lot of our listeners would, I really felt like you were on the radio. It's like uh, Sleepless in Seattle when, when the kid rings in and he's like, my dad, he's going through a thing. Uh, you instantly reminded me of the doctor on the, ra- on the radio and that when you were like, I think a lot of our listeners, I think they will relate to that. No, do you know what is my newest resolution for this year? To be a better listener. Oh, interesting. And I want to be able to listen to people without... Maybe that's not a great thing for a podcast, but without a need to interrupt them or judge them or comment. It actually could be a very good podcast for people who want to, like, just, you know, be in their car on the way to work, like, rant, and then every now and again you pitch in and go, Yeah. That's very interesting. But this is a podcast after all. This is a podcast after all. You're, Um, You're dead right. So... Uh, Let, uh, not to like turn the lights onto onto you, but um, you talk about yours as kind of fearful, anxious. Yes, but it hasn't always been like no. this. So I think I came from like a secure attachment. So my very first relationship mm-hmm. was very secure, um, yeah. extremely secure. So I didn't really have any issues with that. Then I reached another relationship where the other person was very avoidant. So I think in that context, I became really anxiously attached because I didn't understand what was going on. The more they pushed me away, the more I tried to kind of understand, is it me? Was it my fault? So exactly the things that were in that questionnaire. 
and I became really anxious to the point where I questioned everything I've done, everything I said, did it um, upset them, and... It was just not a great experience, as you could probably tell. It I was... can imagine, yeah, that sounds... Oh, you, you didn't come out of that going, that was like Disneyland. <laughs> then I came out of that relationship, and what I realised, which is quite interesting, that a lot of traits that I observed in my ex-partner at that time, mm. I feel like I inherited. Oh. And I don't know how that happened. Maybe in my anxious phase, I glorified being avoidant so much that I sort of subconsciously soaked this in and became this avoidant person. I don't know, but sometimes I feel like a lot of my behaviors right now, especially with being avoidant or dismissive, it's, I know that probably my ex would do the same. Mm. It's not, it wasn't conscious. It wasn't that I put like a roadmap. Okay, that's what I need to be. That's how attached I need to be to not get hurt in the future. But I think subconsciously that's what happened where I've been hurt by someone who was avoidant attached and I kind of became this myself. So I yeah. feel like I'm fearful, avoidant, because it doesn't come from the fact that I necessarily need to be super independent, although I really need to be. But I think it just comes from the fact that just in case they want to pull out, just in case they don't want to do this anymore, I'm the one that got detached first and I will not get hurt. Yeah. It's a bit sad now that I talk about No, that. it's not. I think it's it, it, like... We're talking about these attachment theories, and it's not like you f you fit into one, and then you're either a good person because I'm, I'm I'm like come up as secure, or you're a bad person because you come up as fearful. Like there's a spectrum. You're a very accomplished human. You know, you speak three languages. You have a very good job. You're the second funniest person on this po podcast. Um, like there's, Thank you. <laughs> you have a lot going for you, but I, you know, I I don't think it necessarily is. Do, do you want to be secure? Like, is that the goal? Great. It would be. It would be. It would be fantastic. But I think it's just that the possibility of getting hurt mm. is so high, and yeah. I've been there before. And I've been there before where somebody asked me, "Why do I need so much like attention?" Or um, it's probably a bad time to tell or you affection. That. It's but probably... <laughs> it's a bad time to tell you I was going to fire you after this episode. But continue. <laughs> That's not a joke. That's not funny, Brian. I think it's funny. Oh, I feel bad now. I thought you were going to laugh, but how, you... how can you fire me? <laughs> I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll call. I'll. I'll, I'll speak to my people. We are on people. equal positions on this. You cannot fire me, and I cannot fire you. Well, we should probably work that out, shouldn't we? Yeah. One of us has to. We have to have. A, maybe we have to have a deciding vote. No. We'll ask, we let the equal, audience decide. Equal shares. No, but um. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I necessarily don't want to be avoided, mm. but I think these uh, styles, basically, I think whatever style you have is whatever will get you through a relationship and not get hurt. It's just a protection mechanism. Fair. Um, so, yeah, for now, I am very self-sabotaging, so be careful. Um, I put people in the archive where... They do something I don't The know. graveyard. The graveyard, yeah. We're going to talk about that in a future episode, but we both call our WhatsApp archives it, the it's graveyard. It's not great because... Um, How yeah. many people are in your archive, by the way? Oh my God, like 200 maybe? What? I looked at mine earlier and I have one person. You have one person in your archive? Yeah. I just, I put them into my archive, I leave them there for a few weeks and then they just delete it, delete it altogether. 
Oh, okay. So, but that's why. But I've, I have one person in there. So I am the one, the more toxic one because I am the one that puts them in the archive, but then does not delete them just in case. How many people write to you? <laughs> how many notifications do you get from the archive? Like from my archive? Yeah, like you know when it comes up to like one or two. Like how, how many times do people? I think I put groups in the archive. I put groups like that text too much, and I don't want notifications from them. So except for that groups, maybe I have like two messages that um, pop out and I didn't open. Interesting. I mean, this puts me in a really bad light again. But you no, know, you're being honest. We all do whatever we need to do to, to get by. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, there is now going to be, and this is very um, unusual, but to be brutally honest with you, I said to the zoos before she came over, I was like, oh, uh, I'm going to make dinner. Do you want some? She said, yeah, of course. And I've greatly underestimated um, how long it would take. Overestimated? Underestimated. I thought it would take ages to make this dinner, and it hasn't, and it's just about ready. So there's now going to be a break where I'm going to read you some facts about love whilst I go and make the dinner and then come back and finish the episode. We're going to stop recording. We're going to... And eat. And eat, and I'm going to I'm going to record myself saying some facts about love with some nice music, and then okay. and then finish the episode. Yeah, I was yeah. I have another thing, and I don't know if it's in the last episode or the next episode. I can't remember, but it's funny. If you say so, it is. I am very funny. I do say so. Okay, we're going to eat, so. and then we'll be back. Hello, it's me, Brian, and this is facts about love. Um, these are facts that I have just googled. Um, I have no idea if they are real or not. But it says facts about life, facts about love. It was the first Google search. Here are the facts. Falling in love is like being on drugs. Okay. Hugging your partner is an instant stress reliever. Fair enough. A happy heart is a healthy heart. That, that seems anecdotal. Animals commit to monogamous relationships too. Yeah, we know that. Couples heartbeats synchronize. Oh, fuck off. Come on. Being in love is the number one piece. <laughs> Being in love is the number one people is the number one reason why people wed. Yeah, imagine it fucking is. Jesus Christ! Oh. Remarriage is becoming more popular. These are fucking shite. Love is chemically addictive. Okay, I believe that. Cuddling is good for you. Yeah, okay. It eases chronic pain. That's a separate fact. Okay. Being in a relationship positively shapes your personality. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. Honesty makes for a lasting relationship. Very true. Loving from a long distance actually strengthens a relationship. Yeah, okay. Love and laughter go hand in hand. Right. Being in love cuts headaches, headache frequency in half. Like it says it's from researchers at Stanford University of School of Medicine, but you know, I don't know. People find love in the most unexpected of places. I'm sure they do. Men fall in love faster than women. Interesting. I know in the past I've said I love you first, so I would say, yeah, maybe that's true. Being in love saves you money on trips to the doctors. That feels very American, because it's free here. It helps you heal faster. Oh, okay. It lowers your blood pressure. It develops in phases. It makes you more empathetic and in tune with your emotions. 
Love has as much to do with scent as it does to do with visuals, right? The world's longest marriage lasts for 86 years. That seems dodgy. It makes you do things you probably shouldn't. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Online dating actually works. I mean, yeah, I think we can all agree with that. A commoner became the queen of Norway thanks to true love. Wonderful. Red roses are the flowers of love. Jesus Christ. Love and lust light up your different areas. L love and lust light up different areas of the brain. Brilliant. It helps you live longer. Quality time isn't just saying. That's what I said in the previous episode. Compassion takes practice and actually changes your brain chemistry. I feel like I already said that. Kissing serves a biological function. Right. Love at first sight really happens. Interesting. The butterflies will go away eventually, but that's okay. Yeah, fair enough. And is that the end of the facts? It is. Those are the 37 facts about love that I just Googled. Um, that seemed like a big waste of time. Anyway, I think our dinner is finished. So let's get back to the episode. Enjoy. Okay, we're back. We made uh, pulled pork like chicken burger? Pulled pork? Pulled pork like chicken. It was pulled chicken like burgers with like homemade fries. Actually really nice, isn't it? I mean, reanimated. Yeah. I did nothing except just sit and stare. So mm. yeah, it was really good. Actually, so. I'm quite, I'm a decent enough cook anyway, but I was actually quite impressed with what I just did there. Yeah, it was very yeah, good. I'm, I'm happy enough. So we Happy hope that, that you enjoyed a little segment of... Um, Facts about love yeah. that are real, that I looked up, genuinely. Okay. I looked them up the other day. Um, yeah, so obviously we, we're kind of out of the flow of the episode a little bit. Um, and we know this maybe hasn't been our funniest or funnest episode no, so far. No, but I far. think it's important because now maybe, maybe you relate to something that some of us said mm. or maybe you've been through similar things and maybe this episode made us more relatable and um because that's all we want to be relatable no. relate to us <laughs> i sound like batman there when i did that i didn't mean to be but i was no but i'm just trying to look for episodes for us massively oversharing on this episode but yeah but i think oversharing i i did i always disagree with that i think there's a, obviously a point of like oversharing uh where you've just met someone and suddenly you're like here are the traumas of my life but i think we're trying to be like really honest and open in this podcast about our own experiences, our own thoughts um, on 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 life and love because, you know, we're in our, well, you're not yet, but I mean, we're in our very early 30s and I mean, I'm very late. I'm in my 30s yeah. and we so have come to my birthday. We have been adults now for like 10 years and we've been in relationships and, and we've had heartbreak and we've been in all sorts of different situations. And part of this is is quite therapeutic in a way. I said something, well, I'll share that thing I said to you whilst we were eating our dinner, um, that part of this podcast is, for me, is about falling back in love with the idea of love. Um, and I think that that is that is quite important to me because I feel like after the breakup that I had, the idea of falling back in love with someone it, it, it feels very alien and, and I can't really picture myself doing it. So doing this and discussing topics like this and learning, and maybe I'm going to pick up something um, from this or from something you say to write this. I think I have already. And I mean, I have. I said it in one of the previous episodes that you were saying not to text too much before a date. Now I'm not really doing that. But, you know, and it, and it, it seems stupid, but th this is kind of like 
partly therapeutic um, as well as trying to be slightly entertaining and, and informative. Um, and I think attachment styles are very much in vogue at the moment. A lot of people are talking about it. So I think it's important that, that we do stay topical. Um, I'm thinking, is it, um, would it be a goal for everyone to be moving into the secure attachment style? Or are we just fine as we are? If let's say if we find a person who is also anxiously attached and both of the anxiously attached people can form a very close knit union or there are two people who are avoidant. So I'm thinking, what's the goal here? Are we are moving to be secure or are we fine as we are? Or is it just an observation about who we are with no judgment? No, I think uh, it, mm, ooh. Should you be striving to be secure? I mean I am, as it turns out, secure. Okay, so... So I, I, maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> so yes. Maybe so yes. yes, everyone then, should be as, like as I said earlier, there's nothing actually inherently wrong with, with you being... You know, that's the time and place that you are. Maybe, maybe when you do reach the point with someone, you will just be secure and you won't even notice it. Maybe. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I don't know, maybe I'm talking to my arse here. I just kind of... We've got about six episodes of me doing that so far. Um, but, like, I... I, I should you be striving to be secure? Possibly. Are you any less of a person Possibly. or in a relationship? Are you, are you any less of a person in a relationship if you're not? No. Because if, if you're able to communicate that. I'm now thinking, oh my God, I'm going to cough. <coughs> wow. It's not like I've coughed in every episode so far. <laughs> so I got Brian's cough. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I'm thinking now that the relationship, the styles are not... You are not secure or you are not avoidant, but you can only say what you are in context to someone else because you're not, your attachment style doesn't exist in isolation. Mm. So I am nothing at the moment. It will only kind of materialize to me who I am when I am with another person. Yeah. So I think this is a very relational concept. So in a relation with someone, you can be secure. In a relation with someone, you can be avoidant. So I think... The goal, yes, is to create a secure attachment for people in the relationship. And I don't think you can really assess it if you're not in one because it just exists in relation with other person. Yeah. You can be secure now, but let's say you're going to meet someone and you're going to become avoidant. So I think this is just all about just trying to be secure in a relationship and whatever that security means for you. Yeah. To remove the feelings of anxiety or... Um, I think a lot of yeah, a lot of those questions when I was doing that test were like, are, with your partner, are you this or you that? Yeah. I, was like, well, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have one at the moment. So, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in the frame of mind as if I did. So, yeah, you're probably onto something there. And I think it's really hurtful, and I think it's judgmental as well to put a label on someone. Okay, this person is anxiously attached. Yes, they are because in a relationship the other person is avoidant yeah so it leaves the person the anxious person no choice but to be anxious because they don't know if their partner is not gonna walk out the door and never come back and maybe i'm speaking from experience but it's just when you have this feeling that you are in a relationship with someone but at the same time you don't know if this is the last time you're gonna see them because they don't they will just change their mind tomorrow if this is your reality. Yeah. There's no way for you to be secure. You can only be anxious because that's not that's not what security feels like. 
So I think it's a little bit judgmental to say, okay, this person was anxiously attached. Yes, in context to the other person dismissing this person completely. Yeah, and, and I think it, it also is a, an educational thing. So if you're in a, if you're in a uh, if you are in a couple, and as you said, you know, one person is avoidant, and you're like. Oh, I don't understand this. And then you read about it. You're like, okay, you will definitely learn something about that person from from doing this. Um, yes, but also can you say that because that person is avoided, okay, that's something I am, therefore I don't uh, need to... It's a little bit like the love languages yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, we, we concluded that somebody can say that acts of service is not their love language. Here is the same. Somebody can say that, oh, they're avoided. Therefore, so they, they can't can, do X, Y, Z. That's not what this is about. This is about... You know, you maybe learn it about yourself and you go, oh, maybe I'm too avoidant. So I need to kind of strive to be something else. Yeah. Maybe, uh, or not strive, but maybe I'll work on that, that that aspect of it. And then, you know, the person that in your relationship, you find out that they're fearful, anxious because of previous experience. You're like, okay, well, you know, I can actively help you with that. So maybe actually secure is where you want to be. Yes. Yeah, I think I changed yeah. my mind now because it's relational. It's not. Yeah, now that now that we put it into that context, maybe skew, but you both want to be secure, ultimately be secure in the relationship. Yes. We solved it. We solved it. So basically, what we're saying to anyone is, I would excuse me, I would go and do the test, and I would look at it, and and maybe you'll look at it and go, actually, that's nonsense. I mean, I think love languages is nonsense, um, and maybe you'll learn a little bit about yourself, and you'll learn some about your partner. Um, this has been a very educational episode. Yeah, very. Wholesome. I might put this in the educational categories. Yeah, it was very wholesome, and we learned something about each other, and yeah, that warm fuzzy <laughs> feeling at the end of the episode indicates that this was a good one. Could be the food. Maybe. Uh, the food was great. Yeah, the food was great. Uh, we will be back next Thursday. Uh, we're talking about something a lot more fun. Yes. A lot more fun. But thank you for listening. It, you know, we, we, we do appreciate it. Um, anyone who listens to the episodes, we're very appreciative of. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with an episode on ghosting. Ooh. Not like that. Not like, like, Ooh. like No, you're making it weird now. <laughs> not like, it's not like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Like in, uh, I mean, thing. I mean like just is the, it not? The dating concept of ghosting. No, Casper the Friendly Ghost is actually a very nice ghost. Not like... That's why he's called ghost. Casper the Friendly <laughs> Ghost. Yeah. That's yeah. in no, the name. Not Casper the Fuckboy. I'd watch that though. <laughs> I would watch that. Casper the Fuckboy Ghost. And he's just him ghosting a lot of women. There we go. That's our next project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start writing that script eight. <laughs> that's, that's, that's bang on the money. Um, could be a parody. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. See you soon. Thank you for listening.